0: Mark Chapter Six, as we had a, a a special funeral service last week for John the Baptist that Mark so clearly inter, inter placed into the into the story not it wasn 't you know john the baptist's death didn 't occur at this time in the life of Jesus, but he reminds us of it because it fits so beautifully into this section of the life of Jesus, where Jesus had sent his his disciples out, his, his apostles, and they were doing amazing work in the villages uh, around Jerusalem and throughout um, Judea and even Galilee, and many people saw the amazing things that God was doing, and Herod heard about that, and so Herod th- started thinking that, well... This sounds like that guy that I had killed, you know, has come back to life. And so John, or so Mark then tells us the story of how Herod killed John. Very, very sober and very sad, um, very sad story, but one of great victory because of the ministry of John the Baptist, because of the life that God gave him. Even though it was short, it was powerful. And even though it was short, it, he, he lives on in eternity because of his faith in the Savior Jesus Christ. And so as sad as it was, it it wasn't without great victory. And so now Mark tells us this story of what happened after he sent the apostles out. The apostles came back, and he lets us know again who Jesus is. The apostles, this is starting with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Again, they cast out demons, they healed people. It was amazing, amazing stories they were sharing. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away. So they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Amazing. Amazing. What a, what a, what a great picture of Jesus just after, just after hearing of this, this awful situation for John the Baptist. When, when that Terrible treatment when that when that terrible imprisonment, when that terrible execution took place, people could have lost hope in who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. But here, Mark, in reminding us of what took place then after the apostles got back from their from their mission, after their great successful mission, and again, things were hectic, things were crazy. It was time for some rest. And don't you love Jesus' response to the people running on ahead and getting there before him? Instead of, what are y'all doing here? We're trying to get some rest. Which is, again, why they went there. He didn't do that. He saw them as they were, didn't he? As sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. And then he did something. We don't we don't know the content of his teaching, although we see in the gospels numerous of his messages, and, and some of them have some very similar some great similarities, and so so we get we get an idea of what his teaching was, and that was that was the, the best act of compassion on them. But he also had physical compassion on them and showed in sharing with them, showed them again not only the crowds but more importantly showed his apostles who he is and i always try to use the present tense for him because he is we, we we need to remember that these these are old old stories but he is just as alive today as he was then and he's still exerting he's still sharing His compassion. He's still pouring out his compassion on people. He's pouring out his compassion on on those of us who know him. In fulfilling the promises that that he's made to us who know him. He's also pouring out his compassion on those who don't know him. And just like he did it through his apostles on this particular day. I love the way he says it. You give them something to eat. You know, don't don't send them don't send them away to go to, to houses and, and farms and stuff to get something. You, you apostles, you guys who just had that great ministry in the villages around here, you give them something to eat. You do something, in their name. and they're and saying. Did you notice they didn't say we don't have the eight months' wages to get you know to go buy the food? Because they did they did carry we know this from the from the story of Judas Iscariot they did carry some money they did carry some 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 cash around to to help with needs and things like that. So it could have been done with money, but that's not what he was talking about. He said, no, look at what you've got, and we'll do something with that. And what did he do with that? It's just, just such an amazing act. Ending up with 12 basketfuls of scraps after 5,000 men And remember, that doesn't, that doesn't include the, the women and children. You know, we're probably talking about over 10,000 people ate on those five loaves and two fishes and had 12 basketfuls left over. Possible indication of again, this being a great lesson for the apostles as he's, as he continues to train them, as he sent them out, that was part of their training. Now he's training them of how he provides. Remember before he sent them out, he told them on that particular day, don't take anything with you. Just go into the house and whatever they give you, that's, what, that's, what, that's going to be your provision. Stay there until you're done with that town, then leave. And if they don't receive me, just shake the dust off your feet. They're not worthy. They're going to be judged. Because remember, Israel, like the world today, Israel at that time was under judgment. And Jesus was coming to share his compassion with them. Now, it's important, I think, that we see Jesus' compassion right after the circumstance with John the Baptist. I think that's a a, a big reason why Mark put that story in right here. We, We have to understand Jesus' compassion doesn't always look the same. Remember, he didn't forget about John in Herod's prison. What what, Herod, what what John had to go through, even through, through his death, that didn't stop Jesus from being compassionate on John. He never stopped loving John. He never stopped caring for John. He knew what he had in store for John, and he knew that by glorifying him with his death in that way, that he was going to receive amazing eternal rewards. He hadn't forgotten about John. We need to remember that. Again, he shows his power in this particular story, uh, amazing power that he could have exerted in John's life in that prison. He could have had that, pri- he could have had an earthquake come to that prison and free John like he did Peter one time, like he did Paul one time. He could have done that for John, but he exerted his love and his compassion in John's life differently that day. And we have to understand that he was able to do just what he did out in the out in the field with these 10,000 people. He was able to do that in John's life, but didn't do it that way that day because he had other plans and other purposes for John and John's ministry. And also continuing his judgment on Israel and even Herod in that particular context. So the, the, Jesus wasn't absent from what John was experiencing. He was just as much there as he was with these who he had compassion on who are like sheep without a shepherd. Like the people that we prayed for just a few minutes ago. He has compassion on them. And he uses us in people like that, like that, like their lives. He uses us. He uses us to to shine in front of them. He uses us to, to speak in front of them, to hear, to hear us and talk about our relationship with Jesus and what Christ has done for us, and to be thankful to God for all the things that he's doing in our lives and and that he's doing for us. That that speaks to them. that, That helps them see something different. Remember what Peter said as he described his days, much like our days, when he says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify your father on the day he visits us. He was doing that here through the apostles. He was doing that in Peter's, in Peter's day later after, after Jesus was resurrected and ascended to the, to the father. He was doing that in Peter's day when Peter wrote that in first Peter two. And he's doing that today through our lives. Now, I don't know anybody presently that he's used to feed 10,000 people in just the same way that he did it that particular day. But, I know about some amazing things that God is doing through his people right now all around the world. As he continues To pour out his compassion on the people who are like sheep without a shepherd. He's doing it right now. We have the privilege as a church to support some of them uh, as our missionaries. You know, we're, we're involved through our, through our giving. We're involved through our praying. We're involved sometimes through our going by, by going and, and assisting them for, for short periods of time. We're, we're involved by, by sending them emails and, and those kind of things. We're involved in some pretty amazing things going on around the world. We're involved with some, with some people groups that we had no idea even were really people groups until somebody told us about these people who are helping the, these particular people. I think of, of Emily Campbell. You know, telling us about a couple that she knew from college that were sharing the gospel with the first tribes up in northern Ontario. I didn't even know they were called that. I knew, I knew that. I mean, I would have used the wrong word, you know, to to describe you know people that live up that far north. But we're involved through the Lewises, reaching people. Who hardly anybody ever thinks about, I see Josh Benton um, back today. welcome back, and as he leads the the charge of the North American Mission board in send Relief to to help people that are that are going through some some awful things, God has compassion on those people, and He uses people like us, like his apostles. To do something. Just like he said to the apostles, you give them something to eat. He's telling his church, you do something. And what we can do as individuals is amazing at times. Think about, think about the the things that God has done in your life through other individuals. As as we, as we mentioned earlier, somebody prayed for you to receive Christ. Might have been your grandmother. How, how many of you had a grandmother or grandmothers that were praying for you before you came to know Jesus? That's a lot of hands. And it probably wasn't just your grandmothers. I also had two grandfathers that were praying for me. I also had a mom and dad who were praying for me. I also had a brother that, when he wasn't beating me at something, was probably praying for me. Because it was through his example, through his witness, that I wanted to be baptized. Again, wrong motive. I thought that's what it would take to get me into heaven. Thankfully, I also had a praying pastor who, when I approached him about being baptized, understood that I was completely off in what I was doing here, why I wanted to be baptized. And so he led me to faith in Christ through an explanation of Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a statement of compassion to a little boy who is trying to earn his way into heaven, who is trying to be good enough for the, for the good stuff in my life to outweigh the bad stuff, not realizing even though I was in a great church that was that was preaching the gospel and teaching the gospel, that's what I was getting out of it. That's how I was putting it together. But God had compassion on me. And had told this pastor at some point in his life, you do this. You tell people about me. You share the gospel. And I was one of those that he shared it with. And that day when he asked me, Dean, is there any reason why you shouldn't receive Jesus today? There wasn't any reason. And so I prayed that day in his office. I can still picture the red chair I was sitting on. And I asked Jesus to come out in my life and forgive me my sins. And all the weight of my sin was lifted and my fear of death was gone. And I wasn't worried anymore about being baptized or not being baptized. I knew I was going to heaven because Jesus did that for me. I was baptized after that. But I didn't need to be. I received from Jesus everything I needed to. He poured out his compassion into my life through the family that he gave me, through the country that he put me in, through the church that I was in, through all the people that, w- that made up all of that, those groups. He poured out his compassion in my life, and he's still doing it today. And he's using us in the same way. So these people were amazed at what Jesus could do with five, five loaves and two fishes. And People are still amazed today at what God can do. Again, He hardly ever does things the same way twice. Have you ever noticed that in the reading of the Word? The, the other time that, that, he, that He made this, that He had this amazing, um, feeding, the feeding of the 4,000. Just a, a little different circumstances. The numbers were a little different. And I, and I haven't heard of it happening like that or even close to that anytime since. But he's still doing amazing things in pouring out his compassion on people who are like people with, like sh- sheep without a shepherd. And we get to look at this passage and see what an amazing God we have. We get to look at this account that Mark so faithfully presents to us and say, Jesus is amazing. He is worthy. He's worthy of every song that we've, that we've been singing this morning. He's worthy of every, um, every bit of time that we've committed to him. He's worthy of us taking some time out of our, out of the beginning of our week and coming in here together this morning to sing these songs and to submit ourselves to, to honor him by looking at his word and saying, yes, I believe that. He's honored by that. And he's worthy of that. This isn't, what we've done this morning isn't too much to give him in, 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 in thankful return for what he's done for us. Now, it doesn't, our, our giving thanks to him doesn't earn us anything. Remember that. It's it's right. It's the right thing to do. It's It's an example of how He's changed our hearts and made us thankful people. Made us people who praise Him, who recognize Him as God and return thanks to Him and glory to Him. Who recognize that everything that we do now can be done for His glory. And if it's something that can't be done for His glory, it's not something that we do. He's made us like, He's changed us, He's transformed us into those kind of people who are looking at His Word and acknowledging that these things are true. And saying, praise your name, Jesus, for feeding those 5,000 men and their families. Praise you. praise you, Jesus, for having that kind of power. Right after we've just thought about the power that he had in raising John the Baptist from the dead. After a terrible ordeal in Herod's prison. Praise you, Jesus, for having that kind of power. For being able to exert your power in the ways that you want to, how you need to, in, in every circumstance, in, in every circumstance, and it'll be just right. It'll be just on time. It'll be just in the way that you want to do it, that'll bring the most glory to your name, and, and bring, bring about the most fruit for your glory. That's what he's doing, that's why he's doing it like he's doing it. And so on the days that, that, that seem awful, like the day of John the Baptist's death, or days that seem just so amazing when he does something like feed five thousand people just by his powerful word and hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for these loaves. And he starts breaking and he just keeps breaking and he just keeps breaking and he just keeps and they just keep going and they just keep going. Hey, we need some more here, here, here. we need another bite, you know. And then it's and then the fish. And then it's over. And what do you have left? A lot. He's got this. He's got this circumstance. He's got this situation in hand. He can take care of it. And amazingly, he's decided in his wisdom that he's going to use people to do it. He didn't need a single apostle. He didn't need a single person to shine brightly for him. He could have done it all himself in a a whole different way. But he knew the best way was to do it the way he did it and to enlist and train his people to do this work of laying out the compassion for the people that are like sheep without a shepherd. He did it then in this particular way, and he's doing it now in different ways and new ways. But all by his power, through his transformation of his people, giving us at least a glimpse, at least a a bit of the compassion that he has, that we would also be concerned about those people who are like sheep, Without a shepherd. And it, doesn't, it shouldn't take us long to think of ourselves in, that, in, those, in those terms. Just to think back to our, to our own stories, to our own circumstances, when we were in that very condition. Whatever it might have been. And to remember, he had compassion on me. And to think of the people that he used to express that compassion in our lives. And then to just imagine, how is he using us? to pour that compassion out into the lives of others. Whose whose lives has he put us in to speak a word of his love, of his power, of his plan, of his glory, and how we can share in it. The plan that includes the lostness of all the people, the worst of all the sinners. You know, the Apostle Paul considered himself the worst of all sinners, and he was a pretty bad one. A persecutor of of Christians and and killer of of the believers in Jesus. Bad, bad guy. But he was like a sheep, like a lamb without a shepherd. And God had compassion on him. And that that was a tough... That was a tough call for the, for the, the church at that time. When Paul showed up for church, whoa, everybody get, get ready. Somebody's about ready to die. No, 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 no. God changed me. I'm different. He poured out his compassion on me. Again, in a very unique way. Uh, oh, I have never heard of another story like Paul's, but he did it. Paul considered himself the worst of all sinners, but all of us are the worst of all sinners. And none of us are the worst of all sinners because all of us can be saved through the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who left his eternal home in the direct presence of the Father and the Holy Spirit, who left that to come and live in the world that we're reading about in the Gospel of Mark, a world that looks a lot like the world that we're living in today, to live in a rotten place, to be treated cruelly, to eventually die on a cross like that one, where he gave up his life. Gave it up. Nobody took it from him. He gave it up out of compassion for those Who would put their trust in him so that he could say to everybody who ever lived, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then to prove who he was, who he is, he rose again on the third day. That's why we're here this morning. First day of the week, the Lord's day, the day of resurrection still remembering that great act that showed His great power, that proved that He is who He said He was, He rose again from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and then promised and does send His Holy Spirit to live in every single one of us who believe, so that we can then also be a part of this great troop of people, starting with the apostles, and continuing to share the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning like a lamb without a shepherd, God has provided you a shepherd. None other than his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your trust in him. Don't, I would encourage you not to wait any longer. We don't, you know, we don't know what what later this afternoon holds. For one thing, those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ are hoping that he returns this afternoon. Or maybe before the service is over. That would be awesome. Anybody, anybody object? No, The only, again, the only reason that he wouldn't if he doesn't is because he knows there's at least one more person who's going to receive him. If that person's you this morning, I, I would encourage you, I would beg of you, put your trust in Jesus. He is who he said he was. And he continues today to pour out his spirit to come into our lives and forgive us of our sins, to change our minds and our understanding so that we can begin to live this life for his glory instead of our own. Put your trust in Christ today. And those who already have, hopefully you've seen his marching orders for his apostles. He involves us in that same ministry. You, Give them something to eat. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful this morning for your compassion. We are all in desperate need of your compassion. Lost in our sins, dead. In our rebellion against you, by by your compassion, you sent your son Jesus. And those that you sent to tell us about him and to pray for us. That we put our trust in him. Father, we pray that others who are here this morning, whether in this room or online with us, that they also would put their trust in Jesus. That they would honor you for the first time. By believing in Jesus, your son, whom you sent to die for them. To rise again. To give life to everyone who believes. And Father, we pray that you would use us. Oh, we know that your apostles were were a special group. They were special men that you equipped in a special way, Father. And we thank you for the way you used them and we pray that you would use us. In a similar way, to shine brightly for you, that others may see your work in our lives and bring you the glory that you deserve by putting their trust in Jesus as well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.